This week on the Indo Daily. People just trampled over me. Like nobody stopped to see this baby is on her own. I was found walking. Um, a fireman found me. It was a massive shock, uh, I think, to people um, in and out of the golfing world. Um, they appear to everyone as the golden couple. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. On occasion solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent and you can listen to my podcast Crime World wherever you get your podcasts. Board Gosh Energy, putting customers at the core of under 20 and senior hurling championship action. Hashtag hurling to the core. Hello and welcome to the Throw-In Independent.ie's GA podcast in association with Board Gosh Energy. I'm Will Slattery and I'm delighted to be joined for our Dublin versus Kerry All-Ireland Football Final preview by Michael Verney and Martin Brenny of the Irish Independent. And Martin, it's a special milestone for yourself. It'll be the 100th final you've attended between football and hurling. That's some record. Yeah, it's my 100th. I've seen. I've been at 50 football finals and uh, the last hurling finals, uh, last Sunday week was the 49th, the 49th hurling final. So uh, uh, I suppose the... The discrepancy would be that uh, the first football final I was at was at an area than the, the hurling was 1971. Galway playing Offaly. Uh, Offaly, of course, won that day, the first All-Ireland ever. Downpour in the second half. Obviously came against Galway. We're not used to the wet weather down in Galway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I've, 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 I missed 72 then because uh, it was Offaly and Kerry. I was still in school at the time. So, But I've seen them all since, except uh, the 1988 All-Ireland that Cork Mead won which was a draw. I was covering the Olympic Games for the Irish press at the time, but I didn't. the, the sequence wasn't broken because... Uh, they held it up for you. Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, back three weeks later for the replay, so I've seen, I've seen them all since. So it's, I've seen 50 football uh, and 49 holding, so Sunday will be my, my 100th. And you mentioned that there were 80-minute football finals at the start. Yeah, from 70 to 74, uh, and so when that, when Dobbs made the breakthrough in 74, that was an 80-minute final, low scoring, 14 points to one six, as I recall, again, Galway on the wrong end of it, Galway at the wrong end of it, by the way, 1973 as well, and the highest scoring final ever, 317 to 213, the high scoring, because the 80 minutes, fantastic, fantastic, uh, uh, fantastic game, Jimmy Barry Murphy made his debut that, he scored two goals, but there were 80 minutes, yeah, and they went to other... I suppose it was an odd thing to do, but there was some pressure at the time that perhaps a 60-minute game just wasn't long enough for, you know, people talk about fitness levels now, but even then they were they were better than they were prior, prior to that. So, But they went from 60 to 80 minutes, which was a hell of, a, a hell of, a, of an increase, and uh, it was it was retained for up to 1974, uh, or up to, yeah, up to 70 to 74, and then they went back to, uh, to 75, or to uh, 70 minutes from 1975 on, but... It was a big difference and very, very demanding, as you can imagine. Mm. You were saying off air, Martin, uh, a lot has changed probably for the, the work of a journalist probably in the last 20 or 30 years. You were actually with the Galway team in 88, well, was well, it? I, no, I was with the Galway hurling team in 1987. Um, uh, Cyril Farrell was manager at the time and I was working the Irish press at the time. So I asked him, could I get access for the weekend, really? And uh, the access I got was to travel with the team, stay with the team, eat with the team, uh, go to mass with the team. <laughs> I, I remember shaking hands with... Sylvan and Anne, which was, uh, <laughs> and I said to you, know, they were playing Kilkenny. I says, uh, 
Um, he said, peace be with you, whoever. And I said, and also with Harry Ryan. I think he was marking Harry Ryan. <laughs> and he nearly broke my, 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 he was squeezing my hand. He nearly broke, he nearly broke it at the, at, at the mention of a Kilkenny player. But yeah, I got access right through, stay in the dressing or in the, travel on the bus up. I remember uh, I, was, I was sitting alongside Anthony Cunningham, one of the young, young, one of the young guns at the time. But players in, in the dressing room at half time and the whole lot. The only problem I had in the entire weekend was the stewards wouldn't let me out onto the pitch in Crow Park after, uh, just before the team. They wouldn't let, uh, they, they knew me or whatever and they wouldn't, they, these two students wouldn't let me out. So I go back into the dressing room. This is 10 minutes before an All-Ireland final, which Galway had lost the previous two All-Ireland finals. You can imagine the pressure they were under. They'd lost the league final to Kilkenny that year as well, or the previous year. And uh, I go back in, I said to Cyril Farrell, I said, Cyril, they won't let me out. And he just grabs some old pass he had from there. He says, right, he says, you take that. He says, they won't stop me. <laughs> and out I go. But that was the only problem I had. But it just shows at the different times. I mean, now they don't want you in the same latitude or longitude as a team. And it didn't matter. The players were, the players were quite happy to do it. I mean, I know a lot of them, from, I suppose, my God, days, Conor Hayes and Sylvie and Nolan and all these lads. But there was no problem. What, what, difference, what difference did it make? It wasn't going... And as it happened, of course, Galway won. Now, Farrell would often say afterwards he, would, he wouldn't have gone back home on the Monday if, if they had been beaten because they, they, they would have got some stick. It would be, naturally, that was the reason they allowed a journalist into the dressing <laughs> That was the reason. So, uh, off I go. And uh, I had a fantastic weekend. It was finished, I think, at five o'clock on the Tuesday morning because I obviously had to travel back down with them on the Monday night. <laughs> and I think down at, at the time... They, they, they. Uh, so the, the, I don't think the, they had their, their meal after getting home. I think it started at about one o'clock in the morning. So the sun was getting up. It was five, five o'clock in the morning after five, and around Galway Bay. And I can tell you, it was some weekend. And when did when did it start to change? Like when did you feel like that element of it was kind of? Well, much later. In fairness, yeah. um, in fairness, Babs Keating did the same thing with Vincent Hogan in '89. Now, I always like both of them, both Vincent and Babs, that it was much easier to do it when Tipperary were playing Antrim than when Gore were playing Kilkenny. <laughs> and now I said, lads, you're only, you're only copy, a copy in, in Gore. So it was all, Vincent did the same in, 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 uh, in 89. And it, it went on and on. I mean, it's really this millennium, since the turn of the millennium, really. I mean, up to, uh, to, that was right through the, right through the 90s and uh, it was fine. I mean, I remember say, we'll say I was in the Dublin team, I think it was in 1995 when they were playing Tyrone. And uh, I think... Uh, Pat O'Neill was manager at the time, and you could like you could just you could bring these guys up and get talk to them and get them and there were around players and the whole lot. and that's it's it changed began to change dramatically. I mean, I I joined the Indo in two thousand, and it was reasonably okay at the time. I mean, the press nights you could still organise perhaps to meet a player the following day away from the the, the control that's going on now, but gradually through that decade, and now it's got to a stage where you know they're 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 coached within an inch of their lives. And I have to say, I think as the managers. It's managers exerting control because the idea way back in the old, and whatever time period you're talking about, some players didn't want to do interviews and that was fine. But there were always six or seven or eight or ten or whatever who did. But now it doesn't matter whether they want to or whether they don't. It's so strictly controlled by managers and it's part of this. I, th- I think it takes away even from, from the players, from the joy of the, of the whole thing. Some players like that. Some players like to do it and we'd be quite, you know that, Michael, they'd be quite happy to do it. Others wouldn't. No problem with that. But it's it's so tight and so controlled now. It's uh, it's beyond a joke because the, you know the it's 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 you can understand yeah even what they say is so it's so coached that uh, you know what day of the week is as well. Yesterday was Monday or uh, tomorrow's Wednesday sort of thing. You know and that's that's the way it's gone. Can I just ask you, Martin? Looking back at all the Ireland's, is there any particular moment or game or something that stands out above all else? 
Well, I mean, on the week that's in it, you'd have to say that the 82 All-Ireland... I mean, forget about, obviously, my, my being from Galway, obviously, all of those. In 1980, when Galway won the All-Ireland Hurling Final for the first time, and, you know, in 1998 with the football, obviously, you have a direct, you know, your own county being involved. But that, 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 that 82 final, because people also forget, and and even looking ahead to Sunday, people forget, well, that, it, you know, the, the occasion may impact on the game, and it may, but that was a very good game, and it's only like one point between them at halftime and then carrying on four points ahead. But, again, they... The, uh, that was a special like that really was memorable and I'll tell you at that stage as well you could get into the dressing rooms after the game and I nearly missed the Seamus Derby goal because I was covering it for the Irish press and I used to, we were up in the old press box what I did was I used to, we used to come down about maybe a minute and a half before the end of the game to, because you come out the, you come out the tunnel to, to be on the pitch to where you could shoot into the dressing room with the, uh, uh, but if you weren't down to the tunnel area before the, the hordes descended for the all after an all and final you couldn't so I dashed down <laughs> and by the time I think Liam Connor had the ball he would come up the far side for the, for the goal I would have, I would actually would have missed you wouldn't it. have been the only one that missed but really I mean that would have that would that was a, a real a real standard the other ones as well would be, I suppose, when you see teams winning it for the first time, you know, the, the Armaz, the Donegal, the Tyrone's, that, that period, down coming back in 1991, for instance, and that All-Ireland final in 1991, where they uh, were Meath had probably played 10 games or something, I think it was, and then odds on favour to win in the, in the All-Ireland final, uh, 11 points down midway through the second half, Conor Morocco comes on, he, he had been out, uh, he had been ill, I think, that, that week, and the, the, the fight back begins, and they're only two points short at the end, down, hanging on, but they'd won it for the first time since since '68. So th- th- it was it, it was it was uh, again great great to see that. Even although I suppose a lot of people would have liked to see Mead win, and, and given the circumstances of that year and four matches into Dublin, just as you mentioned, the five in a row uh, game in '82. Like, how would you compare that kind of build up to that game to what we have this year? Dublin obviously going for the five in a row. How do they compare, if at all? Well, I'd say you see. Uh, Obviously, for start, you had more access to to, to the players, and and that was so. I'm just saying, from a media viewpoint, it was it was much easier. But but there, there wasn't a much, nothing like as much coverage of of Gaelic games in. And if you look back on the newspapers or on radio and television, there just wasn't. I mean, bear in mind that the only All Ireland, the only games shown live around them back then were the All Ireland semi-finals and finals, and I think the the Railway Cups, for instance. And in 1982, the semi-final attendances were so low that they were actually talk, there were, I think it was 18,000 or 17,000 watched Kerry. Uh, beat Armagh and 24,000 uh, awfully beat Galway by a point and they were actually talking afterwards in, in, uh, the G were t- talking about the possibility of playing both semi-finals on the one day because the, the crowds had been and they had been depressed by Kerry there's no question whatsoever about that the crowds of semi-finals were very very small because Kerry were always a bit you know, to some degree like Dublin now they, 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 were, they were guaranteed they were proceeded and guaranteed, guaranteed to win I suppose the difference with this one is that was Kerry and Offaly, and Offaly had been running like they they'd, they were coming there, but they still wouldn't have been seen as as I suppose a real threat to Kerry, even though they were, they were more than a threat. But in this one, I think it's a fact that it's Kerry v Dublin. Of all of all, it's come down to this, down to the shootout between Kerry, the original aristocrats and the whole lot, and now they're they're facing this. Uh, they're, they're the moment of truth. Can they stop Dublin winning the five in a row? I think that is attitude. If anyone else, it wouldn't be quite the same. But the idea that it's Kerry, my God, they don't. It will, it will kill them if it happens mm. there's some great little snippets in, in this week's paper throughout the, throughout the week of um, different media coverage before 82 and there's one part where the late Eugene McGee just says like I, I can't see us losing like we're definitely going to win this game it's just <laughs> it's even just how yeah. how honest and bullish people could be and managers and players would be they would actually say what they think which is almost an alien thing nowadays well Eugene in fairness would have been as I suppose a member of the media himself that would be Eugene's nature anyway uh, and, but he he didn't believe in he didn't believe in the, 
he, he talked in straight lines then and before and afterwards in fairness to him yeah, just actually reading the Tomas O'Shea's piece with Mick O'Dwyer Mick O said about how Eugene used to come down Eugene McGee used to go down and watch the Kerry sessions and even like he used to learn from them and even there was no closed door policy or anything like that in, in Kerry they were just anybody was let in any other manager could come in and watch it as well it's just amazing that's kind of another I suppose change do you know why Michael I mean, Mick o, I, I did a book with Mick in 2007 and he pointed out he says the reason he wanted it in he says he wanted to show them how good they were he just <laughs> frightened the hell out of them but out the hell out them. not to come in and see what we were able to do you know this is, this is his idea don't be hiding it come on in and have a look how good we are yes <laughs> and Stephanie were reading that Mick O'Dwyer piece yeah. it was in last Saturday's Irish Independent or you can get it on independent.ie as well and I guess just looking ahead to, to this year's game uh, Martin you know a lot has been talked about you know where this Dublin team would rank if they do achieve this feat that has never been done in Gaelic football or hurling. Like for you, would they be the greatest team of all time if they do complete? Well, you can't argue with facts, and and um, if they do, they, they obviously because they've also won all the leagues. I think the one, the, the, the you know, you you got to measure, I suppose, as well the opposition they're up against now. They have, they have had nothing in Leinster, whereas, whereas uh, you know, like Kerry would have had that five-in-a-row team would have had to play Cork. We're a good Cork team at the time. Miko loved to do the old thing of, you know, the second-best team in Ireland and all this, and there was no back door or anything like that. So if they win five-in-a-row, I mean, you can't, you, 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 you can't argue with that. I, I really don't think you can, because and, and all the leagues have won as well. Um, how do you compare the, the, maybe the, the standard of opposition it wasn't great at the times now either, it has to be said, that carry five in a row. I mean, they, 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 they beat Roscommon in 1980. Roscommon were pretty good at the time, but they, 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 uh, uh, Dublin were, after 78, were in decline. Like in 79, they were definitely in decline. They beat Hoffley in, in um, 81, and then, of course, uh, lost in, in, in 82. But So um, it's very hard to, to, it's very hard to, but on, on, on balance, I mean, if they win the five in a row, and even if they don't, you'd have to say, well, look at the, the, what the, their, and the, their achievement is... is uh, Incredible. Yeah, and we, obviously we mentioned this will be your hundred final. Like, is there any final you can remember where Kerry have gone in as such underdogs? Like, I think they're close to five to one, which you know is almost hard to fathem yeah. given how successful they yeah. traditionally are this time of year. True, but there would be there would be two that I'm, I'm not so sure that you'd get much betting on them back then. You're not, uh, but I mean in '75 and in '78, mm. in '78 in particular, that they were uh, when 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 Dublin were going for the three in a row and they'd beaten Kerry in '76 and '77. I'm not sure. I can't. Were all the odds, but mm-hmm. uh, they were pretty. They were pretty odds on. Uh, they were pretty tight favourites then, and particularly when they led by six points to one after a quarter of an hour, I think it was, and they scored three more points and off. Like, and they, they carry got what was it five nine or something. So, but apart from that, no. But certainly in that, in that seventy eight time, no question there would have been there would have been pretty much uh, it would have been pretty much uh, seen as as carry uh, long rods outside us. Yeah. yeah, I think in nineteen fifty five they were a big underdogs as well, but I'm <laughs> I'm not sure what the odds. Were. You're, well, you're, testing, you're testing Martin now. <laughs> you're stretching me now with that as well. It fails. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Michael, for, for that game, for the game itself, then you know. Is it, a, is it a foregone conclusion? You know, when you have a team at a nine to two in an All Ireland final, like is there a way you see Kerry coming out on the right side of the result? Yeah, it's not. It's not a foregone conclusion. When you look at the Kerry attack, you think that they can put up a big score. You think they could put up a, a two sixteen or two seventeen that it would require to win. Conversely, on the other side, you look at the Kerry defence and you think that Dublin could easily could easily hit them for three or four goals as well. I suppose that's what that's what makes it interesting. Some things are going. Certain things are going to have to go Kerry's way, like. If they get four goal chances, they're going to have to score three of them. Dublin are probably going to have to uh, maybe not be as proficient in front of the goals as they have been this year and in the last couple of years. So certain things are going to happen, have to happen on the Dublin side that maybe we haven't seen throughout this run. Whether the pressure gets to them, I, 
I, I don't I don't see that it will. I think they've kind of guarded against that really well. And it's not in the last few weeks they've guarded against it. I think they've guarded against it really well in the last year or two years. Any expectations? This team just seems to be a little different. Like, But if there were to be a big injury at an, at an early stage of the game or a sending off or something like that, it t- it's not a foregone conclusion, but a lot of things are going to have to conspire probably against well, Dublin. Yeah, it's funny you say that because in 2017, Jack McCaffrey tore his ACL after about five minutes, you know, and then John Small was sent off, and uh, albeit Donny Vaughan was immediately sent off afterwards to level it up. But I guess they have been thrown, you know, various different curveballs at different stages, and they've, they've dealt yeah. with them quite well over the years. But, uh, Mikey, you see, you, see you, you never know until it happens when, like, you, you look at Kilkenny in 2010 in the hurling. I know Henry went off injured and uh, all that, but you never. You never know. The five in a row is different, and and you can say they've guarded well against it. You can only do a certain amount of of, of guarding against anything like that, and you you, you never you, you never know until 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 uh, until the test comes, which of course does not agree. It hasn't come for it hasn't come for Dublin. Can carry can, you see. The carry forwards, you, you never know what the game. Look at look at 2015. It was twelve. Was it twelve points to nine? Twelve nine. And you'd have said there's no way in hell that a, a Dublin carry game could could have just twenty one points. I mean, it was, yeah, it was what three eighteen, three eleven or something in the reap or the, the semi final uh, 2013. So, an Ireland final can take on a life of its own. And even though you go back to 1982 and carry four points up and uh, you know look to be cruising, and then gradually. You know, I have to say they maybe got a soft free or two here, and that happens too for perhaps underdogs when it's just and, and then suddenly bang. So, uh, even on eighty two, though, Martin, everyone talks about the goal, but it was Martin Furlong's save really that kind of turned for, the game. The penalty, yeah. And and here's the thing, Michael. You see, I, I remember doing an interview with Mikey Sheehy a few years ago, and Mikey Sheehy, who to me, by the way, is, I, I, of all of them, I put down the years, he's my number one. Mikey Sheehy, to me, there never was a better better forward to me than Mikey Sheehy. But Mikey said that he. That his legs were heavy all that day. He, you know, he said he was coming up to take the penalty. He said it just, it just wasn't right. And he said that day, he said it was like it was like legs. And you wonder why? Like he was one of the greatest players of all time. He doesn't know was it the All Ireland pressure? Was it, was it the who knows? Yeah. I mean, there was no better man to handle pressure, to kick uh, freeze, and fantastic man under pressure. He doesn't know. Nobody knows. So that's you, know, you can never be sure. Yeah, it's an interesting point because, like as, as you mentioned, Michael, like this Dublin team have seemed immune to that kind of you know pressure thus far. But it, it's hard, they are human after all. Like it, it has to be in their head that this is. They're on the verge of history that no one's ever done this. Like, if they wouldn't be human, although some people don't know if they are, but they wouldn't be human if these thoughts didn't come into their heads. Yeah, I'd love to know what goes on behind closed doors. You kind of hear, oh, that's not something that's talked about in our dressing room, and I'm sure it's not. I'd love to see what the conversations are like between lads, like outside of you know team situations. Like, is it ever mentioned in WhatsApp groups? Or you know, because they have people saying it to them the whole time. Of course they do. So like, whether that whether that seeps in at all, you'd imagine it would somewhat. They've got, as I said, they have tried to guard against it as, good, as much as possible but you won't, You don't know whether you've guarded against it or been able to guard against it until you go out there and if Kerry can kind of bring something that maybe you haven't seen uh, and a kind of an intensity that they haven't maybe come up against maybe since the, the 17 final you don't know until 10 or 15 minutes and by the time it's 10 or 15 minutes in it could be too late so it'll be interesting to see but uh, I, I, I don't see it I, they're not immune or anything like that or infallible or anything like that but they're probably the closest thing to it that we've seen in the GA team. Yeah, Martin, man, like Michael mentioned there that Kerry's defence uh, earlier and, you know, the amount of matchups they'll have to get right. Do you think they their defence has come on enough to shut down that Dublin attack? Well, that's the big question, really. I mean, you'd have to say the evidence is the evidence suggests not. But, you know, we've seen players, again, You see, we've seen players grow on All-Ireland final day and you've seen players shrivel on All-Ireland final day. 
and with a with a, with a new team and a relatively new team, a lot of first timers in the All Ireland final, you just don't know. Fellas could, fellas could like you take you take Jason Foley in the in the semi final, like and he got a lot of criticism because, but like Carl McShane is one of the best forwards in the country this year. He's, he's an outstanding an outstanding season. So. He did okay on him in, in, in very difficult circumstances, but yet because McShane scored all seven or over what four points in play, so like the fellas can rise, fellas can rise, a fellas can can trivial, and you don't you don't know, and they don't know until 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 it's up and running. Just an interesting one because like about young players and expectations going into finally, like they won't care. Young players they won't care. They have all they've won all all won minor titles. They're used to winning in Crow Park. You'd imagine they would deal with it fairly well, and if they, as Martin says, if they rise, it's going to be very interesting to see what'll happen. And also, Michael, you can't, you can never underestimate the, the DNA issue. This is Kerry. I mean, if, I, I, that's why I said it's, it's, it's so interesting because it's Kerry. Like they, they, they think differently. They, they, that's just it's in them because it's bred in them because of, and, and there's no doubt about that. I mean, I, for instance, I think Tyrone would have had no chance in this final. I really do. If, and 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 quite a bit more experienced than, than Kerry in the whole. But I think they would have had no chance at all and, and of, of beating Dublin. That's why I think that that DNA. Factor, you just don't know what Kerry when could they could they could they just turn up and, and do something uh, special? Yeah, and it's interesting because obviously Dublin played Kerry in that 2015 final, which was mm. the first on, on this run, and I think there's only four survivors from that Kerry team started against Tyrone. So it is, you know, a very new team. With Michael said, well, these young players in it. It is, yeah. I mean, it, I, uh, yeah, I suppose it, David Moore and. Uh, Paul Murphy and Shane Enright and uh, but uh, more of course he'd be the and again he's he'd be the longest serving player on the team and possibly the most important on Sunday. I mean he, they've got to get a grip and at the middle of the field in some form or other or some shape or form mm. and uh, it's a massive massive game for him because he he needs he needs to he needs to stop Fenton doing uh, doing what he does so 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 consistently and so well. Can I just ask you on Brian on Brian Fenton, uh, Martin? You've obviously seen Jack O'Shea. Mm. He's the only player to ever win Footballer of the Year four times. I think like people make comparisons between the two. Like, what do you think? Like comparing the two, and firstly, like what so what makes Fenton so good, and why is he being compared to to Jack O'Shea? Well, I suppose if he's playing four years, he hasn't lost a championship yeah. game. It's a good <laughs> start, point, to say yeah. the least. But well, he's just you see, he's he's very efficient. He does everything simply, you know, and of course that's that's the sign of a really great player that it looks it looks simple, but it's not simple. And he gets forward so well. Now Jacko was very good at that as well. I mean, he's, he's, I think he's what fourth or fifth top scorer for, for for Dublin for Dublin this year. In question of where you'd rank him, I suppose I'd still have Jacko ahead, because, but I'm, I'm judging Jacko on on his on his uh, on his on his. Uh, you know the entire career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah well, certainly up up to to the um, like Jacko was probably slightly more mobile. Now, don't get me wrong. Fenton is very good at very, and, uh, but Fenton Fenton sort of gets into positions, and you wonder how the hell did he get there? Which is a real sign of 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 a class player as well. Jacko was on the ball probably more often and and uh, more more dynamic in that sense, but. As of now, I'd still have Jacko ahead, but uh, like what Fenton is still, he still has a long way from his prime. Yeah, and I mean it's extraordinary, like that never, never having walked off the pitch, uh, knowing what it's like to to to, to lose a game, you know, lose a championship game. Yeah, it's some ridiculous record. And I guess just looking at the selection issues for both teams, there doesn't seem to be that many outstanding kind of dilemmas for the managers. But one of them maybe is Tommy Wall. She was so impactful off the bench against Tyrone. Like, do you think Kerry will go with him from the off? I don't, but I think it would be very interesting if they did. Because what do you do? I mean, do you do you wait and hope that things are still going okay uh, in in some sp- stage of the second half as they did against Tyrone, or we'll just say if, if you're seven or eight points down, is a much point bringing him on? I mean, I think there's a case to be made for throwing him in at the start, 
In other words, try to set the agenda and worry about what worry worry later on about uh, uh, what uh, uh, what might happen then. But if you fall for six or seven points down. Sending him on to chase it, I'm not sure. I think I think it'd be very interesting to see him. I think it'd be very interesting to see him in there from the start, right in on top of that 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 Dublin uh, that Dublin uh, fullback. Imagine line, yeah. well, there is profit. Like, yeah. There is yeah. a certain yeah. amount they of profit. They did start yeah. him, and Clifford's in form, and Paul Ganey's in the form of his life as well. And if Tommy Walsh is, he did play well the last day, and if he contributes from the start, and those boys were flying off his shoulder, and he was catching ball and causing wreck, and maybe making those couple of chances where they could get the three or four goals that they're probably going to need to win, be very interesting. I don't think he'll start, but as Martin, same as Martin, I'd, I'd love if he vast, did start. Well, vast experience, and bear, bear in mind, this guy has played in all these big games in Australia as well. He knows, he knows. There's more to there's more to a big occasion than you know. The, the, he's he's had vast experience of of, of all of this uh, of, at you know at AFL level as well. So. I'd love to see him in there. I mean, just purely from a neutral viewpoint, just yeah. for, for the game, I'd love to see him in there from the start and, and see how he goes. What a story it would be. You know, he's, what, he started in 2009 against Cork, mm-hmm. four from play maybe that mm-hmm. day, had a really good game, like 10 years on, you know, after all his injury problems and then being off the panel yeah. for him to come back and piece well, it to big was, player. He was the turning, he, he was probably was the turning, he, he turned the game in the, I thought in the semi-final mm-hmm. against, against Jerome because they didn't really seem to be, you know, that, that's still a problem but he managed, he, he's, 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 he's very experienced, he knows how to break up play, he's strong, He's, uh, I'd, I'd love to see him in there at the start to see, for, just from a neutral perspective. And, and just if the five in a row was to be achieved, something we haven't seen, you know, while some people will obviously be celebrating it, maybe people from Dublin, a lot for a lot of people, there won't be a cause for celebration that Dublin have become so dominant that there's no end in sight potentially. Like where where would it end? You know, as a football championship. If Dublin weren't involved, it would be very hard to call a winner, but with them involved over the last few years, some of their games have become increasingly one-sided. Yeah, just interesting, I'd like to get your view on that, Martin. Was there the same kind of doom and gloom when Kerry were dominating? Was it like, were people, you said about the attendances there, were people saying, oh, football is, you know, dead, Kerry are dominating? Was that the same sort of narrative back then? They were, actually, yeah. There's no point in, there was a lot of that going on at the time, for obvious reasons, because they were winning their matches, certainly in the semi-finals, and, by 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 very very a lot of cases very large margins. So I think I think that uh, I I I look at this whole Dublin thing. I don't. It's 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 up to others to 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 catch them. And I know that might sound like a cliche, but I keep coming back to Kildare and Mead. Kildare and Mead are not anything like they, they used to be. And forget about forget about Dublin. How good they are. The question has to be asked: well, Why aren't we at a level where Kildare were when they were challenging for the All Ireland under Mick Award when Mead were winning All Irelands? Now that's nothing to do with Dublin. Why aren't they up there? And if they were. Then they'd be challenging Dublin. That's the way to do it. There's no point saying we'll let Dublin come back down to us. It's different maybe for smaller counties. They have an issue, but those big, those two big counties, and uh, they have allowed the Leinster, allowed the Leinster Championship, you know, to become a uh, bit of a joke, really, because it's it's it's, it's such a procession for Dublin. Yeah, yeah like it, it's a good point because Kildare and Mead, you know, although they Kildare maybe shown flashes over the last couple of years, you know, winning that under twenty All Ireland as well. They haven't been able to consistently put it up to them by any means. But Jack O'Connor coming back in, I guess maybe. Yeah, that'll make it interesting. But I, I'd say like awfully beating Kerry in in eighty two just kind of probably made teams realise that Kerry were kind of could be beaten, I suppose, and they were beaten then by Cork in eighty three, Waston Martin, and then they went and did three in a row, <laughs> but then they disappeared for a while. Then after, yeah. so yeah. like. I, I suppose it only just takes a team to fall once for maybe people to believe. And there are a couple of teams at the top, like um, definitely, you know, Kerry, I would say Donegal in around there as well, even Tyrone, and I know Mayo were beaten. But there, there's a couple of teams there that would that do fancy their chances when they play Dublin. It just, it's just a matter of someone actually 
getting the, the win over them maybe for others to believe as well. well. The, the only thing Michael in that and you mentioned it there but Kerry, Kerry lost in, in 82 and, and then 83 again a last minute goal down in the wet day in Parker Keeve and then but they came back and won three in a row and you, you asked the start they will about the, comparing your team say that, that, that has to be sort of added on to that, that, that Kerry team's legacy okay uh, there were some changes but my god the, the, the majority of them were still the same guys who come back and won three more All-Irelands and uh, before they lose the, the replay to Cork in 1987 but like it was some achievement to come back after with most of that team and mm. win three more Dublin would become really interesting again if they were beaten yeah. you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. Dublin are unbelievable I love yeah. watching Dublin play football but they become really interesting if they were to be yeah. beaten and have to prove themselves again yeah like as a footballing experience it can be enjoyable as a story yeah. less so probably because so, they yeah. have become so dominant and the interesting thing when you're comparing the teams is the amount of kind of change that has been in this Dublin team even since 2015 like a lot of these guys aren't going for five in a row personally you know they're like Brian Howard is going for his second Conor Callahan his third Paul Mannion missed in 2015 I think he was in China Jack McCaffrey was away for a season like a lot of these guys actually aren't going that's, for five yeah that's, see, see, that's a very big difference between the Kerry team there was very few changes on the, on, mm. the, on, the, on the Kerry team that won the four in a row for instance and even then there was a bit of a change for the three in a row but there were very few changes and also of course, at that stage, you could only use three subs. So there were, subs were used very sparingly. If you look back on it, you'll find that very often there's only one and two subs used because you, you, you didn't you didn't risk it unless you had to. You know, the winning team the winning team usually had one sub, but the losing team had three because they, they had to go for it. But that was, so it was, it was you're right. It's completely different in terms of the the evolution of the of the team. Yeah, I think that's what makes Dublin so hard to beat as well. Usually, winning teams will stick with a winning combination, but they've like Jim Gavin is utterly ruthless in that if he thinks anybody is even a potential weakness. He, he has the players to come in and he will bring in someone and like Davy Byrne has been out injured for the last couple of years he's back in now um, would say who else even Michael Dara has come back in who maybe people would have seen as just a, an impact sub now do you know so there's always kind of new faces coming in there if he thinks there's any possibility of it going stale he has the player personnel to bring in new lads, and he's not afraid. But that's to do the it. point, Michael. He has the personnel, mm. and this is the, this is the issue. I mean, I suppose like Cody, Brian Cody in the in the in the glory years with 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 when you could have the likes of Michael Fennelly and TJ Reid and lads like that in the subs bench. When Jim has that incredible, uh, it's 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 a, it's some it's some luxury to have. Like mm. no, no other team has anything like it, let alone let alone. And of course, as I said, the game changed now with the six subs as well. You can you can do a lot of churning in a, in a, in, a, in a team in in the course of a season with six subs. Hmm. So I'll finish up now with predictions. Uh, will anyone stop Dublin? God, I'd love I'd love if if it came right down the end and it was just going to be it was only a score game. Yeah, can't see it. It's uh, Dublin by five or six for me. Um, I think it will be tight for long stages and it could be similar to the Mayo game in that it could be tight up until half time. But I just think they have too much power. Yeah, you just too much goal scoring power. If there was a moment where it was like eighty two, where it was in the balance and, and Dublin really. Had to maybe you know if they were to win it have to earn it you know in, yeah. in a really dramatic finale but I guess we're going to be seeing well, well I tipped Kerry to win to win by the way in our championship preview magazine last May so uh, have they done enough since to to uh, you're going for the double that. you tip Tipperary as well hang on a second hang on a second I'm giving the credit I on the way out the door I, I, I think you said tip wouldn't get out of one strip but anyway I did actually yeah. <laughs> but so I, I am undecided I, it all will be revealed on Saturday in my Hunters <laughs> final because I'm not I, I actually don't know I went for Kerry to, to win it to, to back then and I have to I'll, 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 so I'll, I'm still undecided as to whether I'll tip them but uh, I'll reveal it on Saturday <laughs> I should defend it it was a bit of clickbait for you know? yeah well hopefully the game lives up to us Billy and Martin congratulations on going to your 100 final not your last one as Michael Verney <laughs> said uh, before we started hope but not <laughs> thanks so much for coming in 
That's all we have time for on the throne this week in association with Board Gosh Energy. But a reminder that we will be in Croke Park on Saturday night to preview the football final with Joe Brody, Tomas O'Shea, Alan Brogan, Martin Brenny, and Michael Verney. So until then, thank you for listening and goodbye. Board Gosh Energy, putting customers at the core of under 20 and senior hurling championship action. Hashtag hurling to the core.